Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. Christmas. Man, it's so great to see you all. Hey, I want to welcome those of you that are joining us online today and all of our campuses. Those of you that are over in the bridge, thank you guys so much for making room in this room. And I love Christmas. My name is Mike, and uh, I don't know whether we, we've met or not, but I'd love to meet you out in the lobby after the service if possible. And uh, my my uh, uh, wife and I, Debbie, uh, we, we were going through uh, Christmas ornaments the other day. We were decorating our tree, and she would pull one out and go, remember who made this? And remember when he did this or she gave us this? And uh, I mean, I found myself getting really nostalgic uh, decorating. And the older I get, the more nostalgic I actually am becoming. And I've learned that life can pretty much be summed up by four different stages of life. Stage one is this, you believe in Santa Claus. Stage two, you don't believe in Santa Claus. Stage three, you are Santa Claus. (laughs) Stage four, you look like Santa Claus. So... Here we are. But I love all things Christmas. We, we put up decorations uh, after the day after Thanksgiving. I've been playing Christmas music in my truck on like four different channels, different styles of Christmas music. I just love it. I love all the movies. I, I've already watched Elf. I've already watched Christmas Vacation. I love the sugar cookies. I love all the presents, the lights, all the church services. I love the hope, the peace. I love the candles. I love the singing. I love the carols. I love Silent Night, Joy of the World. I mean, I just... I just love it all. And even though I really will miss getting to be here with you all on Christmas, I'll join online. I I do get to preach eight Christmas Eve services in Southern California. Then I'll fly back home on Christmas Day, and I'll get to be together with most of our family. And, man, we'll, we'll, we'll eat a bunch of food, and we'll laugh, and we'll sing, and we'll dance probably and play some games and put together a few puzzles and open a few presents. And we'll probably uh, read this story. It's a little children's book uh, that my youngest son, Drew, uh, wrote a few years back. And we'll probably sit down as a family and read this book. It's a book called Light Up the Darkness. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do. There was an ancient prophecy written about him in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, that says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Tis the season for light. You know, there's a 400-year period of darkness between the last page of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, and the birth of Jesus. It was a time where no prophets were speaking on behalf of God. It was a very dark time that seemed like God was doing absolutely nothing. But haven't you discovered that God is never not doing something? I mean, God is always 
working behind the scenes. He's at work in the dark of your life and mine. He's always shaping. He's always molding. He's always making plans. He's always preparing something. I find this very, very cool. In those 400 years of darkness, the big bad bully on the block was the Roman Empire. And around 312 BC, right at the beginning of that period of silence and darkness, guess what they were doing? They were starting construction on the intricate Roman road system. The very road system that would be ready just in time for the early followers of Jesus to carry the good news of God's love all over the known world. In the silence, in the dark, God was getting all things ready for the light to come shine in the darkness. The prophecy was right on. The people will see a great light. Eyes will be opened. Hearts will be illumined. Hopelessness, despair, darkness will be driven out of people's lives when he comes. Hey, I hope you'll uh, tune into the Daily Drive this week and next. And I know you all might not be in the same kind of routine, but it might help get your heart uh, ready for Christmas. And then in the new year, uh, we're going to start walking through the Gospel of John. Now, Gospel just simply means good news. And John was one of Jesus' closest friends and followers. And uh, the, his, his book is just amazing. So I hope you'll tune in and follow along. Uh, but in, this is how John starts his book in the first chapter, he refers to Jesus as the eternal word. He says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Isn't that amazing? The one who initially said, let there be light, is the same one who came down, wrapped himself in our flesh to light up the darkness in your life and mine. Like we just sang, life and light to all he brings. Well, Jesus, that light that shines in the darkness, gave this amazing talk one time, standing on a hillside, it's commonly referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. You can find it in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 in the New Testament part of the Bible. And you really ought to read it sometime. It is this cultural, uh, cult uh, counterintuitive, countercultural, radical, upside down, totally backwards kind of teaching. For instance, he stands up on this hillside and kind of asks the question of everybody there. Anybody, anybody chasing happy? He said, well, if you want to be truly happy, if you want to be truly blessed and deeply satisfied in the depths of your soul, here's how you start. Blessed are the busted. He starts with, you want to live a rich, deeply fulfilling life? Then it all begins with humbly recognizing your spiritual poverty. When you reach into your spiritual pockets and you turn them inside out and you find out all you got are little lint balls in there, that's a good day because it makes you realize your desperate need for God in your life. And when you come to him in your brokenness, that's when real life begins. Blessed are the busted. 
And then Jesus goes on to talk about humility and surrender and those things being the pathway to recovery. He talks about being hungry and thirsty for the things of God. He, he talks about you and me extending the same kind of mercy and grace that we have been given. He talks about us dropping all the image management games and becoming authentic, just these, these pure-hearted, peacemaking kind of people. And those first 12 verses recorded in Matthew chapter 5 are often called the Beatitudes. By the way, most 12-step recovery programs are based on those Beatitudes. So Jesus gives us this against-the-flow pathway to live in a great life. And then he wraps up this intro to a Sermon on the Mount by saying this in verses 14 through 16. He says, you, I'm talking you, are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Tis the season for light. Now, this section about light is not like Jesus saying, okay, hope you all got the Beatitudes. Now, let's move on to something else. No, this is the culminating paragraph to his introduction on the Sermon on the Mount. It's meant to wrap up all these Beatitudes. So Jesus is saying, listen, if you will live, if you will live like I just described, talking broken and dependent upon God, humbly surrendered to his power and control every day, if you will maintain this hunger and thirst after the things of God, if you will walk through your day extending the same kind of grace and mercy that you have received from him, if you will live your life as a relational peacemaker and you do it with a pure and authentic heart, even in the midst of tough times, whether pain or persecution, if you live live like that, you will be so different. You will be so countercultural that you, yes, you will be the light of the world. Gang, that's our job description. Just go shine. Go shine. Tis the season for light. And I, I, I know that there is a lot of darkness in this world. And I don't know about you, but I think it seems to be getting darker every day. And I know that some of you may be in situations right now that seem pretty dark, so much so it feels like overwhelming to you. But it always helps me to remember that the darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. The darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. Paul tells us this in Philippians chapter 2. He says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. He's just saying, listen, your good life, your kind life, your compassionate life, your selflessly humble life, it's gonna stand out in stark contrast because the darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. Now, when light is too bright, it can cause blindness and squinting like somebody heading toward you with their high beam headlights on, you know, on a two-lane road. It can be so obnoxiously intense that it causes people to turn away. But at its best, at its very best, light does some pretty amazing things, such as light brightens. Light just brightens up people's lives. And I know a lot of people that do that. They're, they're like the sun coming out on a cloudy day at the beach. You ever experienced that? You're laying on the sand and you know, it, it, the, the cloud covers up the sun. It gets, you're laying there going, man, it's kind of chilly out of here, right? And then the cloud moves and the sun comes back out. It's like, oh, man, that feels so good. Some of you are people like that. You just show up at the right time, kind of remove the clouds, 
You just have a way of saying the right thing at the right timing. You crack the right kind of joke. You give the right kind of hug. It's just like light walked into the room. It's like the sun just came out. And since this is a season of light, I was thinking that maybe all of us could get a little more intentional about brightening other people's lives. So I'm going to ask you to think about that right now. Just bring somebody to your mind. Who is it in your world right now that you know could really use some light these days? Who is it that you know could really use some encouragement from you, some kindness from you, maybe some financial help from you, maybe even an unexpected gift? Who, who is it in your life right now that would just love to get a text from you, would love to get a phone call from you, uh, or, or maybe even as Josh talked about a couple of weeks ago, could even use some forgiveness from you. You know, I'm guessing that some of y'all are dreading those upcoming Christmas dinners because there's always a lot of tension around the table and the thought of Cousin Eddie parking his RV in front of your house for the next two weeks about to make you throw up, right? Well, if that's you, if there's a lot of tension going on in the family, I just want, I want, to, I want to show you something. It's, it's amazing. There, there has been this breakthrough that could be just what the doctor ordered for you and all your relational tension. Check, check this out. This is amazing. I just never thought it could happen to me, to my own family. It just felt like we were trapped in this black hole of anger and resentment, like the walls were just closing in on me, like I was in the trash compactor from Star Wars, and I'm Luke Skywalker, and there's Princess Leia, who I don't know is my sister yet, and even though Han Solo's trying his hardest to save us, he's driving me crazy. And then there's Chewie in the corner just going, Anyway, then the holidays roll around, and it's just like Christmas to bring out the worst in all of us. All those long-standing grudges and unresolved family conflict just seem to rear their ugly heads this time of year. The last thing I wanted to do was go to the annual family holiday party. Then my doctor told me about Reconcilosec. Reconcilosec is the safe, easy, and effective way to bring relational reconciliation to you and yours during the chaos that Christmas brings. Reconcilosec is recommended for all occasions where friends and family need a little help getting over those long-held resentments and bitter grudges. Reconcilosec is not for people who are dating or engaged or may become engaged during the holidays. Reconcilosec should never be taken with in-laws. In lab tests, in-laws taking Reconcilosec showed no improvement over those taking a placebo. Relational conflicts involving money or inheritance also showed no improvement. Take Reconcilosec at least 30 minutes before any anticipated conflict. Sharing Reconcilosec with others may increase your chances of reconciliation. So if you're looking for immediate reconciliation with the ones you're supposed to love, look no further. Ask your doctor if Reconcilosec is right for you. Thank you, Reconcilosec! Ask your doctor about Reconcilosec. Side effects may include excessive hugging, chronic hand-holding, inexplicable affection for in-laws, and sloppy kisses from aunts and grandmas. Exceeding recommended dosage may result in marriage proposals or pregnancy. If you experience a reconciliation lasting more than 24 hours, that means the drug is working. Other side effects include dry mouth, headache, diarrhea, diphtheria, vomiting, dizziness, earache, nosebleed, loss of vision, loss of hearing, euphoria, sudden paralysis, leprosy, and plague. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, don't you wish it was that easy? But honestly, who is it that you know that if you would just intentionally choose to be a light this holiday season, 
it'd make like a huge difference in your family. It would really brighten their life. You know, Romans 12, 18 reminds us if it's possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. And sometimes, you know what, it's not possible. But he's saying, don't you be the reason that the tension remains. You choose to shine. You choose to light up the darkness because that's what light does. It brightens. Light also guides. I mean, how many lost hikers or campers have found their way out of the woods with a flashlight or they see the, the lights of a house in the distance and they walk toward that light? I mean, how many ships at sea looking for a safe port have been guided by the light of a lighthouse? And how many people in this dark world right now are just looking for a safe haven? Who do you know like that? Who do you know right now that could just use some loving guidance? Uh, again, maybe there's somebody in your world who could use someone just like you, someone who has the relational equity with them, who can honestly speak some truth into their life that just might help them get back on track. Maybe there's somebody struggling right now with confidence and self-esteem issues and fear and anxiety, and maybe they're a younger person and they really look up to you, and they could just use somebody like you to tell them it's going to be okay, that you believe in them and they are actually God's masterpiece. Now, maybe there's somebody in your neighborhood. Maybe there's somebody at your workplace or at school that you could just invite to one of our Christmas services. It's an easy invite. Um, maybe you don't have to say a whole lot. Just show up and shine and just let the peace and the joy and the light that God has given you help guide them all the way home. Light brightens, light guides, and I love the way light warms. I recently uh, built a fire pit at our house. It's, it's nothing fancy. But it's just a place to kind of hang out with family and family and friends. I got some guys who will occasionally come over and we'll just uh, talk about all kinds of stuff, talk about God, talk about life, talk about football and basketball. We'll do the whole Monday morning quarterback thing, dissecting it all. We'll trash talk each other and we'll encourage each other and pray for each other. Uh, we'll even get the kids to do kind of the s'mores thing. But everything just seems to feel better around the warmth of that kind of glow, doesn't it? So here's a probing question to ask yourself. I had to ask myself this week. Ask yourself, would people see me as a warm person? Is, is there like this safe, inviting glow about me? If not, then why not? And listen, this has nothing to do with your personality type. There are some folks who are just more naturally people people and others a bit more introverted, and that's okay. You've got to be who God wired you up to be. However, cold and uninviting is not the way the Holy Spirit wants any of us to be. Remember, we are the light of the world. And one of the things that light does is that it, it, it warms. And whether we're an extrovert or an introvert, whether we're a feeler or a thinker, whether we're a hugger or we're, we turn into an ironing board and we see huggers approaching us, the same Holy Spirit wants to flow through uniquely you and me to warm up the lives of people because that's what light does. And tis the season for light. And we are the light of the world. I also love how light is indiscriminate. Light has this way, uh, this inclusive way of just spreading out its beams on everybody. I mean, think about it. There, there will be thousands of candles in all of our auditoriums this Christmas service. But even if there was just one simple candle, the light from that one single candle it would fill the entire room. 
because a little bit of light falls on everybody. And even though you can like direct a spotlight or a floodlight toward a particular object, still a little piece of that light shines on everybody. And again, it's the season for light. So is there somebody in your world that needs somebody to include them? Again, bring that person to mind. Think about it for a second. Is there a kid at school that would just love to hear, hey, you want to sit with us? You want to go to the game with us? Want to hang out with us? Is there, a, is there a neighbor that kind of seems like they're a loner who might just come over to a cookout at your house or some Christmas dinner at your place? Is, is there somebody that you know that God just keeps putting in your path that could just use an invite into your circle of inclusion? Mother Teresa once said, the problem with the world is that we draw our family circles way too small. And with all the division in the world, with all the opinions and labeling and all the exclusion that's going on, maybe we, as the light of the world, could start drawing bigger circles to include people who are just dying to be a part of a family, a family of belonging, family of hope and joy, family of light, because that's, that's what light does. But out of all these attributes of light, here's the best part, I think, of light. Light chases out the darkness. Light just chases out the darkness. Anybody else when they were a kid afraid of the dark? I remember sleeping with the light on for like a month after I watched that creepy movie, The Wizard of Oz, when I was a kid. Now, sure, it's got cute little Toto and got the munchkins and ruby slippers and all, but you also got witches and you got tornadoes, and you got talking scarecrows, and lions, and a guy that looks like an oil can, and you, you got these flying monkeys. And those flying monkeys, to me, were absolutely terrifying. I still hate those things. I went to see Wicked uh, in, in a, a play in Chicago a while back, and when the flying monkeys came out, I thought I was going to have to leave. I just, I'm, I'm still terrified by the flying monkeys. In fact, I hate all scary movies. I don't understand why, with all the darkness in our world, why we insist on cranking out more and more violent horror films. But if you've ever watched a scary movie, they're all the same. There's always a girl walking down a dark hallway, and you know somebody's in the house. How do you know? because the creepy music is playing. That's how you know. It is pitch dark. And what does she do? She walks right past the light switch. And I'm screaming inside, just flip the switch. Just turn on the light. And if you do, the darkness and the creepy music will stop. You see, here's the deal. Darkness cannot stand the effects of light. Here's the thing about light. Light wins every single time. Darkness has no choice. Light wins every time. Again, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not and will not ever overcome it. Like, like many of you, I, I, I pray daily uh, for what's going on in the Middle East, uh, all the people there, horrible stuff going on. But I, I had the privilege of going to Israel a few years back, and I got to stand where Jesus taught that famous Sermon on the Mount. And from Jesus' teaching perspective, I noticed that he and the crowd could see the city of Tiberias set up on a hill across the Sea of Galilee. Now, it's certainly got a lot more light bulbs today than it did back then. But even back then, it was one of those cities that everybody, everybody could see it. So when, when Jesus said, you know, like a city on a hill, 
can't be hidden. He was probably pointing across the lake going, a city on a hill like that, not like, like Tiberias. You can't miss it, especially at night. You, you could not not see it. I got to be a part of a really cool thing a few years back. Uh, a few of us got talking about how we ought to intentionally uh, bless somebody. And uh, we decided to pool our extra Christmas gift budget and just pick somebody in need. And uh, we all had a little remodeling experience. So we decided we knew this sweet lady who just lost her husband and her house needed some uh, some big time attention. And we had collected about $3,000. And so we got our daughters to invite her out of town uh, for a week-long visit uh, and not tell her anything about what was going on. It was going to be a total surprise. They, they were in on it, but... Uh, nobody else knew. So we got the keys from them and, and we got started, hoping to surprise her with like a fresh coat of paint and uh, some hardwood floors in her kitchen and her small family room. That's what we were budgeted and prepared to do. Well, it, it didn't go exactly as planned. Even though we were trying to keep it totally anonymous, somebody got wind of what our little crew was doing and on the very first day, a couple of guys show up and say, hey, do you all know the bathroom tile needs replacing? Say, yeah, but we, oh, we got it, we got it. Then somebody else shows up. The back door is broken and there's water standing in the threshold. I got it. This guy went and bought a brand new sliding glass door, installed it and fixed the water issue. I mean, it got completely out of control. People were walking all over each other doing projects. By the end of the week, there was new landscaping, new couches. Every room got painted as well as the kitchen cabinets and a roofing crew even stopped by and gave her a brand new roof. What began as just three guys, it was so cool. What began as three guys on a very meager budget turned into over $30,000 worth of donated materials and work done in five days by over 30 people. Other people brought food all day long. Some people would drop off gift cards for her and encouragement cards for her and her neighbors. Her neighbors would gather in their yards just to watch it all go down. You could not not notice it was like a city on a hill. And gang, it was not about any of us at all. We were just simply trying to anonymously bless somebody. But word got out, and apparently a bunch of other people like doing that too. It's like this whole help someone in need has been wired up within us by our creator. And I tell you all this not to boast in any way about our goodness but because I got to see the goodness of God flowing through so many people who just chose to intentionally shine. And do you remember how Jesus said, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that people will applaud you, so that people will talk about you on social media, how great you are, so that people will think you're awesome? No, let your good deeds shine out so that people will praise your heavenly Father. Let your intentional, authentic acts of compassion throw a floodlight on the goodness and the compassion and the love of our Father. Tis the season to light up the darkness. So who is it right now that you know that could use some light from you? Well, if it's okay, I want to wrap this up by, by reading this little children's book that my youngest son, Drew, wrote. Uh, I know this might feel like Bedtime story with Papa Bro, but hopefully this will, uh, this will maybe flood some hope and light into your soul. The book is called Light Up the Darkness, and this is how it goes. 
I was just a boy one winter's night beneath my favorite tree. It was the night of my 12th birthday, all alone as I could be. No cards, no cake, no candles, no presents wrapped for me because no one threw a party for a little boy who could not see. I sat there like most nights before, wishing the darkness would light up for me. When in my ear, a voice came near, and I wondered, who could it be? I heard the stress in his voice as he pleaded for a room, a place to stay for him, his wife, and the baby in her womb. There's no place for you here, he was told again and once more. Those words I'd heard enough myself to not knock on anyone's door. With no place left to go, they shuffled closer to my tree, a family of only two who were soon to become three. His very first cry was sharp and shrill. I could feel the animals scurry. His parents laughed and then they cried and softly whispered, don't you worry. And suddenly the night was gleaming beneath my sightless eyes as if someone chose the brightest star and plucked it from the skies. One by one, they came to see him. Their songs made their way to my tree. They called him names like Lord and Savior, said he'd light up the dark for all to see. I could smell that some were shepherds. I heard voices in the sky singing peace on earth, goodwill to men, glory to God on high. But soon the singing turned to silence. I was sure that they'd moved on. I hoped he was the Prince of Peace the Messiah, God's own son. Then the wind blew for a while and the nights felt dark again. 30 years had come and gone since that night beneath my tree. I traded in my shaded spot for a place by the road to plea. Day after day, I sat and hoped the darkness would light up for me. When in my ear, a crowd came near and I wondered who could it be? I heard voices calling Lord and Savior as they sang familiar praises. The lame can walk, the blind now see, and the dead this man raises. So with all my might, I called his name. He took my hand. He noticed me. With just a touch, he lit up the darkness. He opened my eyes so I could see. The little baby born that night, as I listened to his cries, now listened to my humble cry and gave sight to sightless eyes. That's why they called him light of the world that night beneath my tree, because he was born to light up the darkness for ones like you and me. Amen. So here, here's what I know, because I've, I've been there. Some of you are going to be so close to the message of Christmas this year. You're, you're going to feel a light and this warmth and kind of a stirring in your heart. Maybe even you're feeling it right now. And you may forget all about winning and warring for a season. You may put away corporate ladders and ledgers and laptops and such. You may unplug life's treadmill. And you just might gaze toward the star of Bethlehem and just wonder, what happened away in a manger on a silent night? But I'm just telling you from experience, if you don't, find that light for yourself, if you don't find peace with God for yourself, the magic of the season will just be temporary. 
Because the reality is in a few days, all the decorations are coming down. And pine needles are going to clog your vacuum cleaner. Your trash can is going to be overflowing with wrapping paper. And you're going to be taking back size 32 for a size 36. <laughs> Eggnog is going to be half price. It'll all be just back to normal again. And once again, a Christmas will have come and gone. Where you kind of felt this warm glow. But you never called out to him personally. And ask him to light up your darkness. So I've been praying that you would really get to personally know the God of love, the one that's changed my life and so many others in this place, that you would un unwrap and embrace his gracious gift of forgiveness, hope, heaven, and peace, light and life to all he brings. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads just for a few moments. I mean, it's true. Today, you, you could actually move from darkness to light just by saying yes to Jesus. And it starts with just a simple childlike faith. It begins with that honest, blessed are the busted kind of prayer where you just say from an honest heart, no formula, no ritualistic kind of words, just simple, humble faith where you just say, Jesus, I need you to be my light. I want you to be my forgiver. I want you to be my peace. I want you to be my leader. If that's you, I just urge you to pray that kind of prayer. Just in your own words. Something like, Jesus, I believe. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you are the prince of peace. You are the light of the world. I want to thank you for coming into my darkness. Thank you for dying on a cross and rising from the dead so that I could experience eternal life and light. And I just want to follow you with all my heart. Jesus, thank you for coming to this world. Thank you that you wrapped yourself in our flesh and you came full of grace and truth and you did light up the darkness. Can't even imagine what this world would be like without your light in it. Father, I pray for all of us to get intentional about our job description. Wherever we're at this week, whether we're out shopping or hanging with friends or whether we're hanging with family or, or whatever we're doing, God, I pray we get intentional about brightening somebody's life, about helping somebody in need, just warming up their soul. God, just use us to do that this week. And I pray that uh, this Christmas season will just be one of those that we'll never, ever forget because we let you flow through us, let you light up our darkness. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church slash digital.